happy Thursday. Some people would say happy Jersey. How are you boys feeling today after all these world wins of trades that have happened in the last three days? I will say my mind is exhausted trying to process every single trade that's gone down and get an article out for them, but it's been a fun one so far. Yeah, it's been a, a rough and wild ride riding here with Kevin in the uh, the article world and seeing all the graphics going up, paying attention to the ridiculous amount of trades that we're having. It kind of feels like the NBA all of a sudden up in here. It's wild. I know Cam Neely, they asked Cam Neely today in his presser like, if he can remember anything like this, and he was like, no, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. It is an arms race like we haven't seen since the United States touched the moon. It, it's, it's crazy. Kevin, but before we go any further with that, Give me a number 54 who played in the NHL. Oh, they think they're going to get me this week, boys and girls. But I will give you. He's going to take a cheap Adam and easy Adam McQuaid. One. Yeah, the one I cheap texted and easy. you. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah, you tricked us. Good job, buddy. You oh, really yeah. got us in that one. Yeah, 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 because you were an expert on that. But, I, I mean, I don't I, I don't even want to waste time with semantics. This has been an awesome last couple days. Let's get right into that dirty water. <laughs> First of all, obviously, last week we, we already hit on Orlov and Hathaway. They've looked great so far. Um, luckily, Bobby Orlov. We're recording at Bobby Orlov. He's been a beast, so trade one of Donnie's season has been awesome, but we're going to get into what happened today, the breaking news. We have Todd Bertuzzi was traded to the Boston Bruins for whoa, a... Whoa, 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 whoa. That's the older family member we're talking oh, about. Oh, I said Todd. Tyler. Oh, my God. My God, I said Todd. How are they? Are they cousins? That's so great. Uh, I think it might be like uncle, uncle? nephew, something yeah. like that. We can, we can maybe so. fact check that. Look yeah, at I can guys. text my uncle right now. He's a diehard Detroit fan. He'll know. Guys, if you're not watching our podcast on YouTube, you're missing out. We have the graphics right now. We have everything going. It looks fantastic. But Tyler Bertuzzi was traded to the Boston Bruins for a conditional 2024 first-round pick and a 2025 fourth-round pick. The conditions on that 2024 first-round pick is it is top 10 protected, which for me is all I can ask for. If we get a top 10 pick because we suck so bad next year, like hell I want it. But if not, fuck it. Let's ride. And I think that's like 100% part of what Steve Eiserman is banking on here. Is He's like, yeah, this team's probably going to fall apart in this offseason with the, the struggles ahead. So I'll take the 2024, no problem. Top 10 protected is you know, not as great, but not as bad as you can get as far as the Bruins' perspective goes. I mean... Like you, you had said prior to the show here while we were just kind of, you know, hanging out and shooting the shit, um, Julian Breesbaugh speaks a lot of uh, sense. A first-round pick's nothing if you can get an NHL player. Oh, 100%. I mean, like, it just it, – I've completely changed my thinking in the last year that I am always would rather have an NHL player than the draft pick if the NHL player is just worth it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. am I – Trading five first rounders and eighty-two second rounders for Tanner Janot, probably not. But for like, <laughs> for Bertuzzi, the conditions here, everything I like it. As long, I mean, listen, if things go so bad that we have the second overall pick, it's still ours. So that that makes me feel safe, and that makes me be like, all right, it was this was a great move for Boston. How do you, how do you see him slotting into the lineup, guys? Uh, I definitely see him going on the third line, right wing. Probably Frederick moving down to the fourth. Knock could knock Nosek out, put Freddie at center. But a lot, if, also depending on where Taylor Hall is. If Taylor Hall is healthy, comes back for the playoffs and he's healthy, having a third line of Hall, Coyle, and Bertuzzi, that's just, that's unreal. 
like most teams don't even have that on their second. So I'll take that all day. And since you uh, kind of let us into it, I, I guess that's the, the perfect segue. We can skip over a topic here and talk about the health of Taylor Hall and Nick Felino. Somebody uh, here on the show actually had your article updates on Inside the Rink the past couple of days. Taylor Hall obviously reported back to Boston during the road trip with uh, a lower body injury. Um, and Nick Felino likewise came back with the team after leaving the game and not returning in Calgary. Uh, Taylor Hall today was placed on long-term injury reserve, part of the reason that the Bruins are supposedly have made this Tyler Bertuzzi trade and how they make the money work. Uh, but he's also sought out a second opinion to see how long he's expected to be out. Um, my assumption is if they're putting him on LTIR, he's probably going to be uh, out for the rest of the year, my assumption. But Nick Felino only being on IR leads me to think that uh, he's only going to be out for a week or two. Who knows? Yeah, no, I, I look at it the same way. I'm like, I'm like, I think that Fliggy's gonna be back sooner rather than later, which is huge. Obviously, I mean, you don't, you definitely don't want to lose Nick Felino. He's about as important as possible in that locker room. Um, Taylor Hall, though, he, he's bad. I think. I think Hall could be out long term. They said they wouldn't rule out surgery, and I'm just hoping that he's back for the playoffs. I, I'm hoping we're doing a little Tampa Bay cheat. That's what I'm hoping that he's gonna sit till the playoffs. I mean. I wouldn't hate it, you know. It's like, but no, I, I know. I, I look at it. I'm like, it's, it's like I was just having a conversation with my dad, and we were on our way home, and it's like, wow, that's peaceful. Thanks, Kev. Um, it's like you look at it, and <laughs> is the Bruins lineup better today with Bertuzzi in and Hall and Felino out? No, not really. But like, genuinely hoping that they're both going to be back, and then I mean, the team's a juggernaut either way, with or without them. But with them, Amber Tuzzi out of the picture, and Hathaway and Orlov, it's like, wow. I, I'm pretty happy with the shape of this team, for sure. Um, now we got typing. I, it's just getting wild here with all the noises I'm hearing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm hearing things in my head. But uh, that jumps us into the next one. I mean, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else on Hall and Felino? We don't know much about them. Like, the, the Bruins kind of have their little smoke screen up while they figure it out. But I do have a question for you both. Do you think that Taylor Hall going to LTIR and them realizing his injury is bigger than what they originally thought have anything to do with them getting Bertuzzi today? Or do you think they were going to get him either way? 100% they're related. Uh, I think they were still making a big splash. I don't think it was going to be Bertuzzi, but with the with the extra cap space, they made it Bertuzzi. But I think yeah. they're getting someone regardless. I think they upgraded the pitch that they were going to have for a depth player and like jake said earlier before we started recording here i mean they might still have time to make another move you know so it's it's really hard to tell but i think as a bruins fan you just sit back and you relax and you're like well we have the best team in hockey who doesn't know how to lose games very easily they played like shit um, the other day against calgary they still yeah and they still absolutely. won because Olmark's elite. 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 Capital E. Speaking, speaking of somebody elite, I heard uh, there's another guy in Boston who's pretty elite who might have oh, a fresh new name? contract. David, David Posternock. I could not tell you how happy I was today. I was running. I was ready to run around my office and look like an idiot. I didn't. I stayed at my desk and just didn't work for... 
20 minutes as I smile. To be fair, I did. And <laughs> the gals that I work with witnessed me running around like a psycho in the office. And they were like, what are you doing? Well, it's they like, should know. David Pasternak time. No. I got to work as the Tyler Bertuzzi trade broke. Elliot Friedman came across my beautiful phone screen as I went to clock in saying Bertuzzi to Boston. And then shortly thereafter, we saw the post. And yeah. I sent it to you guys immediately. And I said, this is, it's happening. This is exactly what they did with Bergeron and Krejci over the summer. Here we go. And sure enough, they blessed us with an eight-year, $90 million contract, which works out to be 1125 million dollars a year on the AAV it is completely out of the realm of the you know quote norm in Boston for a contract and taking less money so that the team can succeed um, which one is kind of ironic for me because David Posternock on his previous um, contract said that it wasn't about the money and that's not why he plays you know etc I still don't think it is I no, I still don't think either, but He stayed I think, out of his deal. He said it. He let his agent and Don just do it. He had nothing to do with it until yesterday. I think on the opposite end of this, like where we say like, oh, well, maybe he'll take more money to, you know, field a better team. On the opposite side of things as a Bruins fan, I think it's time that we look at this and we say, okay, the Jacobs family isn't what we've been told and what we've been grown to know as far no. as being cheap or anything like that like they threw the bag at Pasternak and there is a significant amount of money in signing bonuses they also they also threw the bag at McAvoy they also have completely redone the rink they've also put beautiful restaurants and bars in the rink they've helped build a hotel on the rink they for everyone who talks all this shit about the Jacobs family I just don't agree like the garden has became a great place to be at the team is always competitive. They always spend to the cap. They're, they're willing to do bonuses. They're willing to go out of their way to keep talent. And when in our lifetimes have they not? Like, I just don't, I just don't agree with it. Like, I don't at all. Like, we went out and we got Chara. We went out and we got Mark Savard. Like, we've always gone out and gotten these franchise cornerstone players and signed them to long-term deals. So, no, like, we're not the Arizona Coyotes. Like, there's no, like, we're out here acting like we're, we're being told we can't spend to the cap. Like, zero chance. So the Bruins are going to be competitive or at least attempt to be competitive every year. And I, I'm like thankful that as a fan we have the Jacobs as our owners. Really, like I don't yeah. I don't know. I get I guess like people don't like them because I don't know, maybe it's some of their like political views and things like that. I don't even know what they are. So like that's I just like yeah. I like the Jacobs family, the hockey people. I don't know what they support and everything else, to be honest. And I think this yeah. deal is great because like also you look at it, if the cap is going up in the next couple of years, the amount it's supposed to be if Pasta keeps having 40 goal seasons, it's going to be a steal. It's when everything's up and people start getting 13, 14, maybe 15 million a year, and you have Pasta locked in like this. Have you guys looked at the year by year? You want me to read it? Yeah, go uh, ahead. I've looked at the year by year, and it starts at like 13 this year yeah. and tapers off to yeah, like around nine at the end, I yeah, believe. It's, it's 13, 13, 12.5, 11, 25, 11, 10.5, 9.59. So contract gets more movable as his trade clauses go away. Yeah, the first five years is a full no move, and then yep. there's modified no trades in the last three, I believe. Which is normal for your star. Like that's just normal yeah. superstar stuff. I think that this kind of will tip the hand on where the Jacobs family is going to vote this off season when it comes to cap related 
reasons. I think the Jacobs mm-hmm. family might uh, vote in favor of moving the cap up more than just a million dollars because let's be honest, folks, the Bruins next year are in a world of hurt. They have, I think, less than $4 million left. Yeah, it's like 3.6 The cap, the cap or goes something. up to 2.5 instead of 1. That helps them greatly. And Jeremy Jacobs is one of the most powerful owners in sports. Don't and the fooled. NHL, the director of the NHLPA is a guy who uh, may or may not have received money from the most powerful man in the NHL ownership Marty world. Marty Walsh. But uh, that's a conspiracy theory for the tinfoil hat crowd. No, I, I, I don't think it is. I, I think no, that's public. No, I'm just... I'm, <laughs> I don't that's public. To be very clear... I'm just making fun of the situation. I don't think that there's any like real conspiracy here. I think no, that they're two it's... completely separate things. Yeah. So to be clear for all the people who are about to have a meltdown, just making a joke. Connor's got to watch out for that stuff now. He's been targeted. Relax. <laughs> but the, um, yeah, I mean, all good things like we can't, it, it's funny because I, I love being like the pessimistic Bruins fan and we haven't oh, got whoa, to do whoa, it once whoa. this year. You've said that like, I'm way more pessimistic no, no, you than are. you You're are. You're worse than me, but I love to bitch. <laughs> like, I love to bitch about him. They've given us nothing to bitch about this year. And Don Sweeney, sign that guy to a lifetime contract. Oh, my God. I'm saying it. What? I don't I don't care. His I'm just happy that he finally that leaned into not drafting. That's what, I mean, whatever, dude. He's not the best drafter. His drafting has not been that bad. He dominates he can make the trade, a trade deadline. Though. He make dominates the trade. trade deadline. He dominates contracts. Nobody walks away from the Bruins. The only guy who did, the only guy who did was Krug, which kind of sucked. But the he signed McAvoy, he signed Pasternak, he signed Olmark to a great deal. Signed He's sign no, Bertuzzi to a great deal. Home. I I think Bertuzzi could. I we we can talk about that before we move on to the next stuff. I think Bertuzzi, Todd Tyler Bertuzzi. I think he. Oh, by the way, I did get a text confirmation from my uncle. Shout out, John. Yes. Tyler is Todd's nephew. Yeah, so I was close. Long time Detroit fan. We're good. The, um, fuck. I think he's re-signable. I think he's the type of guy that is a Bruins type player. But we're going to see, I mean, let's just hope the Bruins go in the cup this year. And then we, <laughs> there's going to be some major changes that not everyone loves. That's for damn sure. But if we want to stay competitive, obviously things are going to have to change. Oh, yeah. Let's get into, uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on. I mean, that kind of wraps up the Bruins. The Bruins are in great position. They're ready to make a long run and hammer them to win the Stanley Cup. Salt of the East. Staying on the topic of the Detroit Red Wings, um, this man, this man was very sad today, but he had to be very happy a day ago. Dylan Larkin was signed to a contract. It is, what was it, $8.7 million for eight years, $69.6 million total. As Rob Gronkowski would say, nice, period. But nice. really, honestly, I, I mean, this is a good deal for Dylan Larkin. He is the lifeblood of that team. He's a Michigan boy, a Detroit Red Wings fan. And for the Detroit Red Wings fans on our team that we, we care about so dearly, you know, the Production Line podcast, I, I'm, I'm happy for them. I'm happy that Larkin stayed... I felt terrible watching that poor man cry when he lost his friend Bertuzzi today. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. But <laughs> I showed it to Emma, and she was like, what? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, you don't see that a lot, but, I mean, look at his face. He looks he looks like he's got the little baby face going on here. I can see it. 
I'm just kidding. Um, no, I, I actually really like this deal for Detroit. I felt like Steve Eiserman and the Red Wings really had no choice. You had to sign you Markin. You had to sign him. Um, otherwise, this entire whole rebuild that you've got going on was basically for nothing because you would rip away Bertuzzi and Larkin out of this lineup and be headed right down the opposite direction yet again. So I think Steve Eiserman went out and addressed what he needed to address as far as solidifying the future core of this team. And now we're looking at him to go out and do some bargain shopping for some younger players, I think, here. Yeah, they have plenty of cap space. Yep. No, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think, you know, I, it was weird because I do think Detroit, like, right, Detroit's sitting at 60 games played, 64 points. They're in the playoff hunt 100%. But I think they just looked at the arms race. They looked at the Lightning. They looked at Boston. They looked at Toronto. They looked at the Senators getting Chikrin. And they must have just said to themselves, eh, even if we make the playoffs, we're not going on a long run this year. Let's cut bait with Bertuzzi, who's not going to resign. For their fans, it kind of blows, right? Because you're they've like had excited. some tough losses recently yeah, too. One of them being to Ottawa. I know, yeah. and it's just like the the last two weeks. I think very much this decision was made in the last two weeks, and it's kind of just led to this happening. Um, but Detroit is very much so in the right direction. They're moving in the right direction. All, all those teams are. I mean, look at Buffalo. I I think Buffalo's a playoff team now. It's crazy how strong the Atlantic Division is and how this arms race just has been. But, I mean, that, that gets me right into the next one. Like, it, you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. They went out and they got uh, McCabe and Lafferty. Look at this one. You guys want to – someone else can read. Kevin, you read a trade for us. I gotcha. Oh, I gotcha. If you want, I'll just read all the trades when I pull them up on screen. Yeah, it makes oh, it easy. Whatever. whatever. These have the easy, nice American names. Give Kevin the American names. He deserves All right, Kev, it. you can all take right. it. So, going to Toronto, we got – Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, and two fifth-round picks. 50% retained on McCabe. And going to Chicago, we have a 2025 first-round pick, 2026 second-round pick, Joey Anderson and Pavel. Here it comes. <laughs> All right, I didn't see so that So much one. for the American names, That partner. one snuck in there. What was it? Gogolev. 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 Googly yeah, eyes. Stopped. That one was hiding in there. You can't talk. You can't up. say nothing bad about Russians. We have one now in the Bruins. True. We already the had Bruins one. Finally Russians. addressed that. No, we, we didn't. Have one. We have Merkulov. Yeah, oh. he went to Ohio uh, State. How Russian is he? True. Dude, he, he, uh, like not too many he like defected uh, to Ohio State. Did he actually? I don't know. I don't think we, so. Well, I, I was like, we just <laughs> pulled that out of his ass. Yeah, That's like where does shit come from? The uh, but. The Anyways, addressing the actual yeah. trade here. So this is the first of a couple Toronto trades that we're going to talk about, and I, I kind of put them in order as they actually happen in real time since we're sort of summarizing what happened over the last week since our last episode. And honestly, this was the second of the big trades from Toronto, the first one being the Ryan O'Reilly and Achari deal. And then they come through with Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty from the Chicago Blackhawks with you know the main pieces being the first and the second round pick going back. Everybody looked at this trade and said, oh my God, wow, this is a great trade for Toronto. They got the 50% retention on McCabe. He is also signed next year as well, so they'll retain him through this offseason if they you know, decide to keep him. I guess they could move him. Um, so this is a great trade for 
Toronto for this year for the playoff run and for next year. Um, but of course, as we will see here in a few short moments, they were not done. Oh, they were not. But, I mean, you don't have them in order. So we're going to go with Enval uh, to the New York Islanders. Pierre oh, I Engvall. Guess I didn't really think, okay, I didn't really, th- I thought we were going anyone playing, coming in, not just out. Nah, in and out, baby. We're going right down out. the line. Yeah, yeah. Cleared, as they cleared the cap space away. Yeah, have to set it up. Toronto started to clear the cap space for some more shenanigans. So a couple quick hits here. Obviously, the one on screen, if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, I suggest that you do. There's going to be a lot of stuff in the next couple episodes as we bring some new things in, try some new things out, have some fun. pretty. Try to give you a little better uh, viewing quality on the YouTube because obviously we're not the be- most beautiful of people, but that's no, the graphics for yourself right. there, buddy. <laughs> so for the trade on Kev this does one, have a way with the women. Um, and it's not just pepper spray. <laughs> oh God. Anyways, yeah, Pierre Engvall stupid. finds a new home in the New York Islanders in exchange for a 2024 third round pick. A little bit of business there between um, future and past Toronto GMs. I don't think that there's really anything that we need to uh, address on that one. But another depth option trade here that Toronto got themselves involved in that I do want to talk a little bit about. They sent defenseman Rasmus Sandin to the Washington Capitals in exchange for Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first round pick which just so happens to be the first-round pick from Boston that they received in the Orloff-Hathaway trade. I think this one this trade, this trade was a huge win for Toronto. I think this Big is a win. great trade. They literally went and they traded a defenseman. They drafted 29th overall in the first round for a pick that's probably going to be pretty similar. That probably mm-hmm. won't be a bust like he's been for them so far. And they got back a big, strong defenseman. Like, two claps for Toronto. Like, Kyle Dubas, he's crushed it to me for what his team needed. Like, he, he just got rid of a guy who just was not working with play. Like, you're never going to roll out Rasmus Sandin and be like, he's going to be our shutdown playoff defenseman. No shot. They Like, this is just, it's they're looking at a much better situation here. Like, I, I think Toronto has crushed it so far. And I, I hate the Leafs. But. 100%. I mean, like, clearing, clearing a, um, a roster spot and getting a first round pick for somebody who you were basically going to be forced into moving in my opinion yeah was a big win for me and then obviously this trade is what set up the next big ball to drop in Toronto that I think was another oh my god Kyle Dubas is really all in yeah. and that is when Luke they Shen. sent a 2024 third round pick to Vancouver for Luke Shen me, One of the overpay. biggest names in the deadline this year, Luke Shen. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's an overpay considering a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to get a first-round pick for Luke Shen. No, they I weren't. Still, like, it's just, it was it's always tough. a third. It was it's always a third. for me to like see a guy who was on waivers like, and nobody wanted, now worth a third-round pick. I mean, I guess he's changed his game a bit. Not really. He's just like played his game. Someone let him play his game. Yeah, and but, I think it's also him having two cups in Tampa. That's just, gonna have, I think that's what Toronto me, wants. It's, I mean this. He's going in the to become, media. He's going to become out. the whipping boy. He is poised to be the whipping boy in Toronto. He is the style that they want and that they hate when they get it. Just wait. 
They're going to be so mad that he's slow and he doesn't move the puck well. Just wait for him to become Toronto's whipping boy. Or maybe yeah. not. Maybe he's what pushes him over the edge. I, I, I think I would have liked him in Boston. Don't get me wrong. I like the player. I just I don't like him at a third-round pick price. But I guess whatever. I, I, it's hard for me to say that when I'm saying give away your first. I guess I kind of sound like an idiot saying, like, don't give away your thirds, but give away your first. Different Stop. caliber as a player. It is. It, it is a way different caliber player. But, but I, I mean, hey. It can't be as bad as Don Sweeney trading a third-round pick for Zach Ronaldo. It just can't. No. No, it can't. <laughs> so he can play with Matt Bolesky. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Remember when I said lifetime contract? Don't remind me of the dumb things Don's done, only the good ones. Oh, and speaking of blockbuster trades, let's talk about Jacob Chikrin. Dude, I'm Finally. So fine. I'm so, so sick of seeing traded. this name. I'm so Two sick years. of his name on Two Twitter. I didn't even making. want him anymore. I was like, don't bring him to Boston. I don't want the guy. Yes. Super talented. Uh, the return. So yeah, you the shoe it. finally drops, and Jacob Chikrin goes to the Ottawa Senators, who honestly just won the game of waiting out for all the big contenders here to find their dance partners and get their additions out of the way. They waited for the Chikrin price to drop, and they capitalized. The only things that they gave up was a 2023 first-round pick, which is top five protected. So this pick is going to land somewhere between number six and 16 on the overall draft board this year. They get a 2024 second-round pick and a 2026 second-round pick in return. And with that trade, Arizona set themselves up to have the most draft picks in the next three years that has ever been happened in the NHL. Ever been happened. Ever Webster been happened. Dictionary. Ever been I said had. that on purpose that way. I'm sure you did. The Yeah, I, Arizona's doing what Arizona does. They're, they're, they don't want to spend money. They want to play in a college rink. They want to suck. Get rid of your good players. Get draft picks. And create a juniors program. I think that's what their, their goal, I think, is to really elevate the play over at Arizona State maybe get some guys they can force to go to school there, maybe just become a juniors program. They have a real nice barn for a juniors program. I don't know. I don't know. Getting a little they, wild here. I don't yeah, know. I mean, just, your boy Bill over there from uh, your childhood team says that the area is great to live in, no, great it, to play in. Listen, I've heard that Ten from Ten minutes from the I arena to it. the airport. I do believe it. I've heard it from enough people that I do believe it. I also think that if they get the Tempe arena deal done and they're willing to spend money, and they get Connor Bedard, they'll be in great shape. If all three of those things don't happen, they're going to keep sucking. I mean that. They're going to need the rink, willing to spend money, and Bedard. If they don't get all three, they get nothing. And we'll like the Austin man, I, I almost pulled a Kevin, and I yeah, almost did, started to go into a full-blown sentence there before I realized. But Kevin, do you have anything that you want to throw in on the chicken thing? Austin no. Matthews? Get that okay. man out of our mouths for once. I know, I'm because sick of talking about him. Jake was talking about the Coyotes and, you know, their perpetual sucking. So yeah. I want to talk about something else that's really obvious, and that was Patrick Kane becoming a New York Ranger. Yeah, this one, this reminded me so much of the Taylor Hall to Boston trade. Patrick Kane more or less just said, New York, I'm going to New York. And whenever they came to him with any other trades, he said, Rangers, Rangers, Rangers. Not the Islanders, no, the Rangers. He was like, Rangers. And he just sat there and said the word Rangers enough times that they learned they had to trade him with the Rangers, and they didn't get shit for him. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they get a second-round pick that can become a first if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is possible. 
that I actually could see happening with the Rangers. They are that good. So that's interesting. So we'll break down the whole trade here. Yeah, break it down. Uh, we'll go to what goes to the Blackhawks first because they've got the biggest haul out of the ordeal here. They get a 2023 second-round pick, a 2023 fourth. Vili somebody. That's a, a whole mess of a Not name. Not so. Sarjarvi. Andy Walensky. Some prospects there. So really, a second and a fourth round pick and a couple prospects who are just going to fill the system and be some bodies in the, the unit. The New York Rangers obviously receive Patrick Kane, the star of the show here. Chicago retained 50% and Arizona retained 25%. And the New York Rangers also... Arizona won the social media part of this. Correct, but hold on. We will get there. The Rangers also got Cooper Zek in part of this deal. And then the whole winners of this deal, in my opinion, out of everybody, is the Arizona Coyotes, who got a 2025 third-round pick for taking 25% of Patrick Kane's salary, which in real dollars was next to nothing in real money. So Arizona, in my opinion, really gets out of this like a bandit. There's, you know, Minnesota who got a fourth and a fifth round pick for retaining on previous deals. So this kind of upped the ante. Um, The Rangers obviously were in a bit of a pickle and were forced to, but... What are your guys' thoughts about Showtime making his way to Broadway? Uh, I think the Rangers are poised for a very long run. I think the Rangers are about as good as they've been in the last 10 years. <laughs> and they scare me a bit. I don't know about you guys. I, I think that they can take down anyone in the East 100%. From top to bottom, they're a great roster. They're a playoff roster. Um, they can hit you, they can fight you, they can outscore you, and they have really good goaltending. I, I think and they can spin on you too. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't really want to get into that. No, just I, I don't. I have no interest yeah. in getting into it. I, I don't think you did it on purpose. I'm gonna. Just I'm very anti hot button topic. Yeah, yeah. No, Connor can't give his opinion on hot button topics. People cry. Um, <laughs> and I mean that. I know you guys aren't listening, but. You're super soft. Um, tweet at me. Timo Meyer to the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Timo, Timo, Timo time. I love this trade, but it's yes. also like the most insane trade in the world. It's Read it. it so, all right. So, San Jose received 2023 first-round pick, 2024 second-round pick, 2024 seventh-round pick, and just... Andreas Johansson. Yeah, that guy. Fabian Zetterlin, Nikita somebody, and Shakir Mukamadulin. Mukamadulin. Oh, Shakir. Yes, yes, yes. Just for New Jersey to receive Timo Meyer, Scott Harrington, who they waived. Who they waived. And is now in Anaheim. Uh, Santeri Ataka. Dude, someone All give right. this guy a break. I'm someone not really give this guy a break. Yeah, you don't know the other two, I promise you, if you're listening to this and you yeah, know these I... two people, please tweet at the show and let us know, and yeah. we will have you on the next show, and you can pronounce that live. Nobody knows who the hell those guys The are. only other thing that the New Jersey Devils get that you're going to understand what the hell it is is a 2024 fifth-round pick. You're welcome. Have a nice yeah. day. It's Timo, Timo time. 
Timo Myers Beast. There's another team. I look at Jersey and I think the same thing. I love Jersey. New, Jer- right now. New Jersey just got a lot better. But I don't think that they can Their beat Their goaltending sucks. They can't beat Carolina and they can't beat nope. New York. So it's going to be tough. But this top six for next for years yeah, is no, going to be nice. No, I, well, they have to re sign Timo Meyer. He's a I think they agent. will. He, they can I really don't think. For 10 mil, but I don't think Fitzgerald is really going to go out there and do this trade without knowing that he's going to stay there long term. Maybe. I mean, Timo Meyer like, said he's not signing it, right? Did I not? Did my. No deal was in place, yeah. No deal in place, yeah. Yeah. We'll but they, they were talking prior to the trade. The Devils were the only team that had permission to talk to his agent. Good. 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 Fair. I, 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 don't, I have a little bit of place in my heart for the Devils. I don't know. I look at them. They've always been you know, a team that I always have had a little bit of a like for. So, Do you know a team that I don't have any like for in my heart, Jacob? The Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning. Do you know what the Tampa Bay Lightning did, Jacob? One of the, the worst trade of the day. The biggest overpay I've seen? They gave up first-round pick Calfoot. They gave up 2025 first-round pick, 2024 second, 2023 third, 2023 fourth, 2023 fifth for Tanner Janot in his five goals. Five goals. I think he's been in the league, what, three years now total? Yep. Maybe two? No, no, no. Somewhere between two I'll and three years. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of backtrack this to last year. The Tampa Bay Lightning went out and they gave up two first-round picks, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk, to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for the Brandon Hagel. Three years. He's been here for three years. Okay. No, Rongo. Rongo, yeah. His first year he paid 15 games, two full seasons. Okay. Well, one so, fair. Whatever. It's, it's in two to three. But this... This trade reminds me very much so of the Brandon Hagel deal where the Tampa Bay Lightning know that all of these picks that they're giving away, you know, the third, fourth, and fifth this year are probably the closest ones to becoming NHL players within the next two to three years, which the Tampa Bay Lightning think that they're going to be contending in. And to be honest with you, those third, fourth, and fifth round picks have such a slim chance of actually becoming an NHL player that it really doesn't matter. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, we talked about before we started recording, having an NHL player instead of all these lottery tickets for the draft is 10 times better, especially when you have a guy like Tanner Janot, who is a massive human on skates and knows how to play the kind of hockey that can get you through the playoffs. You don't think this is an overpay? Do I think it's an overpay? It's yes. 30 career goals. But for Tampa Bay, it's not. Because okay. Tampa Bay already has, you know, the star-studded talent at the top of their roster, in their decor. Yeah, they went out and they gave up all the assets that they needed to address the one thing that they need. And... If I'm not mistaken, he's going to be an RFA or will be an RFA when his contract expires. Yeah, his con- yeah, his contract expires this year. He's going to be an RFA. Exactly. So they can easily re-sign him. His cap hits eight hundred thousand. So yeah, no, I mean, it, he's young. He's twenty-five. Um, not that young, but he's twenty-five. He he had twenty-four goals Mid. and seventeen assists last year. He no, I mean he's young. He's young. Don't get me wrong. And. He, you have to take into account here that he's playing on a 
pretty abysmal bottom six for the Nashville Predators, and he's going to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who, by all accounts, are a pretty fucking good hockey team, and he's probably going to put up a lot more points in Tampa than he did in Nashville, to be fair. That's 100% fact, and that kind of wraps it up for the East, doesn't it, boys? That it it does, laddie, that it does, I think. Wait a second, we have a message from somebody, I hear, coming in. It's from, oh my god, the DraftKings Sportsbook. Boston's hometown sportsbook will be live soon, right here in Massachusetts. Bet local on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your home with DraftKings. To celebrate, all new customers will receive up to $200 in bonus bets when you sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook using code inside the rink. Soon you'll be able to bet local you'll be able to bet on local money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbooks, DraftKings Sportsbook. Also, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code inside the rink to get up to $200 in bonus bets as well. And you can use those once mobile sports betting hits Massachusetts. That's code inside the rink only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, call 800-327-5050 or visit helplinema.org. Again, that's helplinema.org. To speak with a trained specialist free and confidentially 24-7. 21 plus, physically present in Massachusetts, eligible restrictions apply. And let's hit you with a little bit of that lucky duckies. So to give you guys a little DraftKings lucky ducky bet, I have some plays for us for Friday night. What I like here, it is, I am actually like pretty confident in this. I have a parlay of the Kraken and the Hurricanes. The odds aren't going to be great, but it's pretty safe. You got Krakens to beat the Blue Jackets, and you got the Hurricanes to beat the Coyotes. Parlay together, I can tell you what it'll be in a couple minutes or seconds here once Kevy gives his bet. What do you have? Yeah, I'm going to rock with you guys with a Saturday bet. Um, ooh, what do I like here? What do I like here? I think for Saturday, I'm going to give you guys a little parlay, too. We're going to do the Capitals over the Sharks. And we're going to parlay that with the Maple Leafs over the Canucks. Because Shen and all those boys should be dressing up for Toronto. And Toronto's not the bag beat out of them by Edmonton. So I like that. definitely due for a little rebound. I like that for sure. You know what? I feel like so left out being the one you, guy you who don't like gamble. doesn't gamble like i feel like my part of this segment should be you guys telling me how your uh how your bets work out and i get to shit all over you guys in my part of this for the bets you lose i'm pretty sure ours lost last week's episode yeah they lost i think they lost the um i what i do like here is like caroline should win they're plus 104 so you're getting a little over even money i think that's pretty good value there honestly like i think it's pretty good but i am um, I've been pretty good lately. I, I mean, I, I think we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Here, um, here's my pitch. I had you'll give last me, night by Toronto. You'll give Cosmos me in an goals. amount, and I'll go find something that I can buy with that amount, and we'll pull that picture up on the screen, and then uh, people get to guess. No. Two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not talking dollars and cents here. Wild Wild Ooh. West. We have a we have a good one here from the wild wild west that also kind of ties into the uh, the wild wild west. <laughs> the wild wild west. You get it, west as an east. Jesse Pooley Arvey. 
the Bison King <laughs> was finally let free from Edmonton. I think this is in who who they get? Who they get? Patrick uh, Pistola. Patrick Patrick dual wielding Glocks. Patrick Pistola. Um, That's what it looks see. like. Pistola. Pistola. It sounds cool pistola. like that. Like when they say, get the pistola and get in the truck. It's something like that, right? Um, <laughs> Yessie, old Yessie Pulley RV. He, um, he's kind of been the wayward son of Edmonton for a while. They drafted him, what, third overall? Fourth, I think. Fourth overall. He's been a player who, from the draft on, I've been kind of rooting for, and I always liked and always thought was going to do good when he held out, when he went back and played Finland. right? It, the whole thing, I... I genuinely like the guy, and I, I don't know why. He always ends up on my fantasy mode teams in NHL. I always get him, and he always develops into a decent big goal scorer. I think that if he's going to be good anywhere, it's going to be Carolina. He has a great coach, other young guys, guys from his country. Um, he's skilled. Like If he gets a chance to play with a guy like Ajo, that's going to be pretty good. A guy like Vinny Trocek, that's pretty good. Right? Trocek don't play there anymore. Trocek doesn't play there anymore. I know. I corrected myself for you could even correct me. Who is their second line center in Carolina? Kotkaniemi. Kotkaniemi. That's that's. I was like thinking countryman, and I said Trocheck, and I right away knew that was wrong. Kotkaniemi is also from Finland, correct? Uh, that's okay. I we don't have no idea. Know. We don't have. Yeah, to know. I don't know. You know what I mean, guys? We don't know everything. That's why we're relatable. How do you guys feel about Puliarvi? I'm glad he's set free. Hopefully, he can finally live up to his draft position, but. Let the guy be happy, let him play hockey, and get him the hell out of Edmonton. Like Martian said, like, who the hell wants to be in Edmonton? Yeah, 100% agree. And I will say that uh saw this trade coming from a mile away. This a is mile? A, this is exactly the type of deal that Carolina looks at. I mean, Max Pacioretty, Brent Burns, Jesse Pugliarvi, they're taking on good... NHL talent that teams can't afford to retain for what they're currently getting for their production at a cheap, cheap cost. Oh, my God. You know what we just forgot to put on the draft boards? What? The ghost bear. Nah. Uh, We can skip that one. (laughs) Yawn. Well, I thought that was funny. I thought you were going to come up with something like something big that we we badly missed, and then I just, that was the biggest yawn city. What do you mean? Carolina. Third yeah, round pick. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't look at him and think he's gonna like. I don't then know. tell us what you think about it, Kev. If yeah, you're so Kev, passionate give us, about give us, Shane Goss' despair, be, tell be us about it. Buddy. You don't. Nah, it, it's okay. I was just saying. No, we're I just, no. We were just talking about the players that Carolina gets, and I feel like he's one of them. You know, the third round. And Jake's pick. looking at some Isn't stats it? on his computer, and some no. ad keeps popping up. Yeah, every time I go, like it, it pops up. I typed in Shane Goss' part twice in hockey DB. Flashed ads up on my screen. Yeah, like, I mean, right, he's, he's, he's an undersized guy, but he got a good offensive value from the blue line. Uh, he missed some time most of February, but he has 10 goals on the season. He can give a little razzle-dazzle from the blue line for Carolina. Not the greatest defender, but he's got some zip in that shot. So, we'll see. Yeah, fair, a, fair, fair. It's a, a whole lot of nothing burger from me on that one, to be honest. That... Uh, that one doesn't tickle my fancy. However, Edmonton did make some more moves after making the cap space with Yessi Pool Yarvi. They went out and made a big splash, acquiring Matthias Ekholm in a sixth round pick 
from the Nashville Predators, while the Predators retained 4% of Matthias Ekholm's salary, which I'll get into in a bit, in exchange for the Edmonton Oilers' 2023 first-round pick, Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, and a fourth-round pick. Now, the 4%, everybody kind of giggles at that because we always hear like 50 or 25 or a pretty high number. But Matthias Ekholm is signed for more than six or six million a year for the next two to three years past this. So that four percent adds up to a significant amount of money on the overall contract for the Edmonton Oilers. And for me, that's a huge upgrade, and that's exactly what they needed in Edmonton. They got a real defensive defenseman outside of a Darnell Nurse who mind my words here is kind of an overpayment but uh Jake what do you think about the Matthias Ekholm Tyson Berry trade here so I agree with what you said I think they're a better team coming out the other side my issue here is chemistry Tyson Berry is very very close friends with one Connor McDavid he was allowed in the hot tub he was allowed in the hot tub he is a big he's boys with Connor he was a big lifeblood of that team, an assistant captain. I don't know if this if this hurts them chemistry wise, and a guy who's kind of one of the guys who galvanized the boys. And I don't know. It's like today when I had the fear that Matt Grizzlick was traded in the deal for Bertuzzi, because I think Grizzly's big for the Bruins locker room. I think he's one of the guys who kind of brings the older guys and the younger guys together. Um, you don't like to see those guys lose your, leave your team, and I think we could see Edmonton take a huge slide. Here's my question to you guys. When you have a player like McDavid, star stud and everything, do you think he has a say in some of these trades or no? Not this one. No. I think he's told about it ahead of time. Yeah, he's just let know. I mean, I don't. Connor McDavid isn't the type of guy where he wants to be calling those type of shots. He's not that guy. However. Which, I think he wants to know. But if I, I think that if, like, for example... Right, our boss came to us and he said, "Hey, Connor, look, I'm sorry, but we're we're getting rid of Kevin." And I threw a fit and I oh, stomped yeah. my foot and had a temper tantrum. Kevin would be going nowhere, and I think that's exactly how it works in Edmonton. If Ken Holland went to McDavid and he said, "Hey, I'm sending Barry in a first round pick for Ekholm," and Connor looked at him and said, "The fuck you're not," Ken Holland would say. You're right, I'm not. I'm going to go back to my office and get back on my phone. It is tough, I know. I wonder if that conversation even happens. I really do. We don't know. That conversation definitely happens. I know. You, it's, it's tough to You think it are right? damn sure. You know Patrice that, Bergeron's involved in Boston, so it's tough to be like, I know. I, I know. I wonder and, if that's why Grizz hasn't left yet. Nah, I, no, I, no, I think Matt Grizzick's a good fit in Boston. I'm a big Matt Grizzick fan. His I think any of the great. moves of taking pieces off the, you know, the quote core of the are Bruins done. is going to happen this offseason. Yeah, not they right happen this year. Like you can't, yeah. you don't mess with the core when they're like playing as good as they are. I they're going to sell the farm right now, yeah. and then as soon as their season's over, Recover they're going to start throwing people everywhere for picks. Yeah, they might, they might get rid of some, some of them farm animals to get back some picks. That's for sure. There's no question about it. I mean, you know, I, the Bruins, like, just always everything ties back in. Next year is going to be a much different season, so let's enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, stat to Edmonton. How do you guys feel about that one? Another image. You guys got to get on this YouTube. 
and just dude, we've got images for all the trades. Every single every one. Trade. I'm and telling they're you, all so add one but the ghost bear. Oh yeah, that that nobody. I'm sorry, I forgot. He played for an organization like the Flyers and the Coyotes recently. My bad. Anywho, Nick Bukestad. Wow. Hell of a guy. Although, didn't Nick Bukestad get scratched in every single playoff game last year for the Minnesota Wild? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm no clue. pretty positive that that's accurate. I'm pretty sure it's accurate. I heard on another podcast this week, and for the life of me, I can't remember whose it was. Oh, no, you know what? It was Frank Saravalli in the Daily Faceoff. One of the days this week, I listened to his show, and he went on a rant when Jason Greger brought up Nick Bukestad, and he said, why the hell would you want Nick Bukestad on your team when the Wild didn't even think that he was enough of an asset to put him in any of their games in the first round? He played no playoff games for the Wild last year. None. Uh, the Wild are also kind of in like a dumpster fire right now. Who knows what's going on there? I'm just going to tap out of this one because I don't... I honestly This one's almost a nothing insight. burger to me. I don't know enough about any of these guys to give real insight. I, I mean, don't know. I don't Nick, know. Nick Bukestad Buk- is an even worse Charlie Coyle. He's just no, a I know, I know version. Him. You know what I mean? I know him. Like, I know him, but I don't like... Yeah. I'm not excited about this for anybody. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers need glue guys. Look at that. He's a glue guy. They need more glue guys. They have way too many... Way too many lube guys, not enough glue guys. Speaking of glue guys, Jesus. another team who loves their glue guys and they all fit the same mold is the Colorado Avalanche. I didn't, Kevin, I didn't, I didn't mean that in a bad way. I meant like they have too many guys who are just like slippery players. They don't have enough guys who like stick and glue. I didn't mean that. It's all right, buddy. I thought, it was a good, it's all right. I thought it was a good reference. Lars Eller, to me, is number one. I can't To clarify, this. Lars Eller is the one who got traded to Colorado. Colorado. Oh, did no one announce that? Sorry. Um, Lars no, Eller, we started Colorado. talking about it, and then we jumped back to the little thing that yeah, you said. Second round and... pick. Second round pick to yeah. uh, go over to the Washington Caps. <laughs> Lars Eller, I can't believe this guy's still playing. How old is he? I feel like 33. I've seen... 33. I feel like I've watched him play for all 33 years of his life. Um, yeah, and he always sucks to play against when dude, it's the Bruins. He does. He beats the Bruins. He's he's a honey badger bastard. He fits what Colorado needs. I think Lars Eller's great, and he's fast. He's fast. He used to play on Montreal, deep. I believe, too. That's what my dad said. You were I correct. Said no. oh, I said no, and my dad's like, dude, he's the guy that Lucic wouldn't shake his hand. And I was like, no, that was Alexi Emlin. And he was like, no, it was Lars no, Eller. It was both. Both. Okay. Well, hey, we're both right. When you hear this, Dad, we are both right. So I'm not going to tell you until you hear it. Shout out, Big Jim. Oh, yeah. Loyal follower. Good job, Jim. With that hockey knowledge, you might replace Jake in no time. Yeah, he's got a lot of hockey knowledge, that's for sure. He taught Um, Jake everything. He did did send me a picture today of Hampus Lindholm and tell me that Bertuzzi had arrived at the rink. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know how far we're going to go. Hey, Jim, I'm just going to let you know that unless there's a massive gap between the teeth... Yeah, it is not, not Tyler Bertuzzi. He, he was, he was like, he looks, he's like, he looks good, and I was like, I was like, yeah, well, that's because that's Lindholm. But um, that was good. That was good. Who do we got next? Who got traded next? Now, uh, let us set the stage. Oh. It is time for a little NHL controversy it with is. the LA Kings trading Jonathan Quick, a 2023 oh. first round pick. 
and a 2024 third-round pick in exchange for Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Korpisalo of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, before we get into the trade, quickly, after this trade happened, which happened, I think, at like three or 2 or 3 in the morning Eastern time, there was a lot of uproar coming out of Los Angeles that the players were absolutely pissed absolutely at the front office. Angry. Number one being Anze Kopitar. Or probably actually, let me switch that up. Jonathan Quick is obviously going to be number one with Anze Kopitar being number two. Um, and then after the trade leading into today, um, it was even leaking out that Jonathan Quick was so upset that he was not even going to be reporting to Columbus unless he wasn't traded again by Columbus before the deadline. That's how much he did not want to go there at the time. Let me set the scene for you quick, Connor. Before you keep going, I want to set a scene for you. I want everyone to close your eyes and imagine what I'm saying. You're Jonathan Quick. You're a future Hall of Famer. You've won multiple Stanley Cups. You're a U.S. Olympian. You've played your whole career in beautiful Los Angeles as a star player, a wealthy man, and you get a phone call where you get blindsided that you have to go live in Columbus, Ohio to end your career. Who the hell is saying yes to that outside of Johnny Goudreau? Nobody. There's nobody who's like, yeah, Columbus. Even LeBron left Ohio and it was his hometown to get out to L.A. It's it. What they did is downright disrespectful, and they went from an organization I like and respect to an organization I just don't. Do you know what I would probably say? Do you know what I would probably say, Jacob? You'd get on that plane to go to Columbus, Ohio? It's a business. Is that Dylan Larkin, everyone. Dylan Larkin crying? Sorry. He's one of my best friends, and... That's Larkin number two. The player still. I'm sick of hearing Larkin moan. But um, yeah, I I feel bad for. Yeah, I was really like, what the hell is going on? Here? Yeah, yeah, so was I. I was like, what the fuck is playing right now? Connor but, pulled um, up the wrong browser. Yeah, shit. But um, <laughs> that's a rookie Larkin, mistake. Come on. Yeah, I know you're a vet. You're a kid. It's happened. To, it happened to the best. Of so the. L.A. Kings, you dropped the ball on this. Like, to not tell a guy who, you know, it's weird to say it, but, like, he, he's a, a franchise a icon. To them. Like, he's, he's a bird. Like, for Bruins fans, he's a Bergeron. He's a Krejci. He's, he's an NHL icon. But, hey, they got back Vladislav Garakov, the guy who the Bruins almost overpaid for, and Jonas Corposalo, who is, at this point in his career, a better goalie than Jonathan Quick. It doesn't make him not a legend, though. Correct. And Gavrikov has since said that he will not negotiate a contract anymore during the season. And he's going to wait until after the season to see where he's at because he's that pissed off with how things have unfolded uh, here. But anyway, as the chaos continues, there is a little irony of light at the end of the tunnel because Jonathan Quick had a quick cup of coffee in Columbus oh. as they turned around and traded him to the Vegas Golden Knights as they retained 50% of his salary in that trade. And they received Michael Hutchinson 
and a 2025 seventh round pick. Now, shout out to the Columbus Blue Jackets organization and management for doing Jonathan Quick a solid service here in this trade and retaining him 50% and sending him to a playoff contender for an absolute shit return. Yeah, that's terrible. You know what? I'm sorry that I brought up LeBron leaving you guys Ohio. I'm sorry. I know he left Cleveland and not Columbus, but I consider you guys just one blob on the map. Um, Just kidding. Goudreau said it's a great city, and he seems so happy losing games there. Um, Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Quick was pretty happy there, too. Did you see the, uh, the Columbus Twitter account tweeted the thank you tweet? No, really. Go look it up right now. Oh, right that's now. Awesome. That's awesome. Kevin, Gotta, while he's looking that up, what are your quick thoughts on uh, Jonathan Quick? The quick. Jonathan Quick, quick saga it. from LA to Vegas. Well, through it's Columbus. It's kind of weird because it gives you flashbacks to a little uh, Marc Andre Fleury situation in Vegas and how they did him dirty. LA did Quick dirty. And everyone's hoping it's going to be an LA Vegas <laughs> first round showdown. Our that time with you is quick but memorable. That is fantastic. Our time with you is quick but memorable. That is a five stars. <laughs> nice job, Columbus. I'm sorry about LeBron. Now, I can say that this is not the first time that the Kings did this with a goaltender. Who else did they, they do? They did it with all? Martin Jones in the oh. Milan Lucic trade. They yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't trade within their uh division that time as well. So they traded Jones to the Bruins, who then flipped him to the Sharks for the first-round pick in Sean Corrali. Yes. Yes, we did. Bruins that legend. brings me up to the last trade that we have kind of have here on our sheet, and that is Nino Niederreiter to Winnipeg. Nino Niederreiter is a high-skilled utility player. He's kind of a nail gun, and I think he helps Winnipeg with what they need. Do we have a graphic for that or no? Uh, we do, but uh, whoa, bro! I worked it's hard. Didn't, on get, didn't get uploaded. It it's didn't get it's uploaded. not in the it's not in the CADs here we because had a I was issue. We had I was a being a little issue. rushed and uh, we had a technical issue. It's all we right. were trying to hurry it's this along right. so we could uh, get off of here before the Bruins game. We but we're full of hot, fu- we're full of hot air here, so that didn't happen. Yeah, but the Nino Niederreiter trade. He goes from Nashville to Winnipeg in exchange for a 2024 second-round pick as either Jake or Kevin here just broke a, a dish or something in their office. Who knows? <laughs> I knocked a Yeti cup over to the ground. That was loud, man. My foot. Oh, but, um, yeah, no, I, it's a good trade for Winnipeg. What did they trade for, to get him? I wasn't listening because the Yeti cup was hitting the It's ground. a 2024 second-round pick. Yeah, it's the value for him. Good, Good job. He still has a year left on his deal, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I'm good with that. That's one of the. And more what's really funny is Nashville value. just signed this cat this year. Yeah, it wasn't working out. Nashville, before we go here, Nashville is going to be kind of under a little bit of some changes, right? We have Poyle is going to be retiring, and it's going to be um, Barry, Barry Trotz, Trotz taking over as president and GM. Is he going to be GM and president? Um, I don't know the specifics, but it wouldn't surprise me i know that david poyle is not staying on as an actual employee of the organization he's going to be a consultant or an advisor role it just means he wants to make sure if he ever wants to step back in and see this baby more forward that he gets to it david poyle um is a guy who 
didn't ever get that Stanley Cup win, but God, did he do great things for hockey. I mean, just to kind of reference what Jeff Merrick talked about. And this quick week. timeout. Yeah. David Poyle's the only general manager that this franchise has ever had. Yeah. He's been yeah. their GM since they came into the league to yeah. just kind of set the table here. And it's like his dad was a GM for expansion teams. He followed in his footsteps. And when he got into Nashville, he took a city that had virtually no hockey they had no hockey identity at all to a place where you see some of the like major youth elite programs play out of and have tournaments and things like that and that just shows how good of a job he's done with his lasting impact on nashville it's became a hockey community like you don't i don't imagine a trip to nashville where i don't go see a game they created smashville they created throwing the catfish on the ice they they just created an environment that became a hockey town and i think he needs to get most of the credit for that honestly and he built a competitive premier franchise. What I'm super excited for is I am going to be down there in Nashville yeah. for this draft, which will be his his swan song. That's his last event with Two the first. Predators. They got a couple first round picks. It's going to be exciting. Trotz is already working for the team. It's going to be a great event to be at, and uh, I can't personally wait to see. Uh, what Nashville has to offer. I've personally never been, so this will be I have a, not either. Um, I, quite I the experience. Go, for sure. I mean, if you weren't so selfish, yeah. you could probably meet me there. Yeah, I'm, get, I'm getting married on that day. <laughs> <laughs>